Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 183 of the podcast. It's the 3rd of July, 2019, as I record this intro. So this week, Anna Brown joins me for another Unschooling in Context episode. This time, we're diving into unschooling in the context of life. (laughs) No biggie, right? (laughs) So what I mean by that is we're exploring how unschooling eventually weaves so tightly into our lives, which is beautiful. Unschooling is living our lives. Yet, as challenges arise, it can also be valuable to ask ourselves, is it the unschooling? So if that doesn't really make sense right now, don't worry about it. I hope it does after you listen to the episode. But just before we get to that, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it's integral to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now, let's dive into Unschooling in the Context of Life. Welcome, I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with the wonderful Anna Brown. Hi, Anna. Hey, thank you. (laughs) So, we are back today with another Unschooling in Context episode. So the idea behind these episodes is to deepen our understanding of unschooling by exploring it in the context of other related things. So this week, I'd like to explore unschooling and how it eventually weaves itself so tightly into the fabric of our lives completely. So we're going to look at what does that look like for us? When we begin unschooling, we soon find ourselves deep in that de-schooling territory, right? We question so much of the prevailing wisdom around learning and around parenting and eventually around life in general. And through our journey to unschooling, we really come to see life so differently, don't we? I feel like it's a doorway to start questioning. You know, if we don't have to send our kids to school, what else have we been told that is a have to that really isn't? You know, so that's that gateway opening up hmm, <laughs> and gets those the wheels turning. You know, I think that's one of the really cool things to watch in people is that wheel start turning because, you know, school is one of those things that you have to go to school you have to send your kids to school. They turn four and a half or five and off they go on the bus. Like this is just what we all know and believe, right? (laughs) So when you can first start to question that, I think then it really just the floodgates open up. 
Yeah, no, I found that. I, I was thinking back to, um, you know, to my first years of unschooling. And I was, I was another thought just popped up while you were saying that. Um, my, my third book is titled Life Through the Lens of Unschooling. Right, because so much of it, and it's a collection, an edited collection, and reorganization of quite a few of the blog posts that are on my website. Um, and the other interesting piece, so often when I was in that writing phase and and writing a lot of posts, as I would go through whatever the issue was, at the end, so often I ended up with like unschooling is life. You know, and that, that almost felt like a mantra for me at the, at the end of each blog post, I'd go through, I, you know, look at things from various sides, um, through unschooling eyes. And then, you know, in the end, I always got to, well, unschooling is life, right? So (laughs) it, it is so fascinating how all the stuff that, yeah, as you were saying that you wouldn't think to question or to, to wonder about, right? All of a sudden, the, it all opens up once you start to question one big thing. And in our case with unschooling, with a lot of us in it, that one of the first things we question is, is school and, and how necessary that is, right? That whole system. Yep. And, and I think, um, oh, something just came to mind when you were saying that. Oh, and I've lost it. <laughs> but but it, it is that it, it's that questioning, you know, and I think it's it it really leads to looking at all of these pieces. But oh, I know it, and and that what we're talking about in this episode today is because it's so enmeshed because unschooling becomes life. Sometimes we don't see those nuances of, oh, and we go to, is it the unschooling? And so that's what we'll talk about more if people are kind of wondering, where are you going with this? You know, <laughs> that's really it because we're kind of explaining, yes, it doesn't mesh with life. Unschooling is life. And yet don't let that get, don't get hung up on that when you're looking at, if you're running into conflicts or problems, which we'll kind of discuss later. So I think that's just a really, you know, kind of helps people understand where we're going. <laughs> yeah, no. And that perfectly leads into the next question and, and the little lead in I have for the, the next question, because <laughs> the thing is our explanation, uh, ex- exploration of so many of uh, uh, these aspects of life, right. Was prompted initially by our move to unschooling. So as you said, they do all get woven together. Right. And then we widened our perspective on so many different things. But as you were saying, it's really helpful to start putting that into the context of the bigger picture. Because when you're looking back, uh, after the bulk of your deschooling, and I say bulk because, you know, we're always running into new things, new things to question, maybe that we haven't come across before, right? That the new things are coming up in our lives and and lives. And we're going to, uh, go through the process of thinking through them. But even even when we've done the bulk of it, we truly are a different person, right? And one of my favorite quotes, and I know it's in my What is Unschooling book, it's from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it's the mind once stretched by a new idea never returns to its original dimensions. Many yes. of our thoughts, I love that one, while they were prompted by our journey to unschooling, right? That's what got us starting to question. Our, our questions and the things we're looking at and considering have grown beyond unschooling. 
So as Anna alluded to, we're going to tackle some of the common questions we see in unschooling circles that in the bigger picture often aren't really about the unschooling, right? So a big part of de-schooling is changing how we see and engage with our children. So we see lots of questions around building trusting and respectful relationships, connected, strong relationships with our children. And yet when all is said and done, is that really about the unschooling? You know, I like to ask myself, even if my kids went to school next week, you know, I suspect that I know I would, most people would still want to uh, cultivate those trusting and respectful relationships with their children because they've come to really appreciate those. So I think that that's one of the things that we're prompted by this because um, we, we learn and discover how that's so helpful for unschooling and for our lives in general. But yeah, that's one of those ideas that, that gets stretched but doesn't doesn't come back in, does it? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I love that quote because I think, and it also helps me when, um, you know, when you're talking to someone that maybe doesn't quite understand where you're coming from or you're running into conflicts and just realizing just by showing a different perspective, their mind is opened in a way, you know, it's stretched to like, it, okay, there is this different idea, this other idea. And so I love that quote, but that's a little bit on the side. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always think about it when I'm out and about in the world, it's, it's, it's not right. about convincing or changing. It's just planting that seed, yeah. that little seed that may grow and stretch and, and it may not, it may not be for them. It may not be for them in that moment. Maybe it's years later, whatever. Wow. Right. But you can't unhear it, you know, and so then you know, and then you know you're making a choice. And that's what we've talked about so often with unschooling is the beauty of knowing and understanding unschooling is knowing that you have a choice, whatever choice you choose to make. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think with our relationship with the, the kids, when we're um, going through that, going through that process of understanding why it's important and building that relationship with our with our children. And when, like you were saying, when we understand unschooling and why we're doing that, that really ends up being a fundamental change in the parent that we want to be, right? right. So we're not going to all of a sudden, um, you know, if we stop unschooling, shift back to those power-based relationships. Like those aren't an either or you know, that you're only that kind of parent when you're unschooling, right? Maybe unschooling introduced you to being that kind of parent, more engaged, um, you know, trust, all that kind of stuff. But you don't have to shift out of that. That's, that's you've grown into that person, that parent now, and you're going to stay there, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the other piece that stood up for me when I was thinking about that is, is part of that shift too is seeing our children as real people. I think that's another big shift. You lose that age dynamic yeah. that I know better than you because, you know, I'm an adult, whatever, right? And you see how capable children really are of having a conversation, of doing things, of learning about themselves, understanding themselves adding to um, choices and conversations about what we might do as a family. And I think that's another piece that, that we don't lose, even if you take the unschooling away, right? They are still capable. That, that's part of who we are now is understanding that, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of kids, let's shift to sibling relationships. That's yeah, another thing you, we see questions about quite often, right? And, and how to help yeah. them move through that. And often we, we see them in unschooling circles. They come up because of unschooling, because, you know, maybe now we're all home, et cetera, and we want to take an unschooling lens on them and not just go in and say, stop fighting or drag them away or whatever. Um, but again, that's another thing that ultimately really isn't about the unschooling, is it? Right. Because I mean, I think that dynamic of the sibling is so interesting because with unschooling, like you said, we're actually seeing those interactions, you know, we're with them, we're together. And so if say you're not used to that, so say you're coming into unschooling after your kids have been in school, that can feel very intense because that has not necessarily been a a huge part of your day-to-day life because, you know, there's a much more limited time when you're together if you have school all day. Um, and so it's new territory. And I think that, um, you know, it's interesting when you think about how with school, kids are segregated by age. So often your siblings are going to have separate peer groups because of just kind of how that's designed. And so with unschooling, that really isn't the case. You know, you have a lot of mixing of ages. You've got a common peer group, which can be great and cause problems, you know? So it's like all of those things, you know, work together. And with unschooling, you know, we're living and exploring our life together and it provides this really rich environment for creating these lasting, strong relationships. So I think while you can have that initial, whoa, what's happening? Why is this not working? Why are we fighting? Why are we whatever? You know, I really looked at those as opportunities um, for growth, you know, because here what was important to me, and I've talked about this before, is I feel like this ability to be in relationship, to be in community, to do like, that's such a critical skill going forward. Like that's much more important to me personally than any kind of math fact or, you know, history fact or whatever. It's that interpersonal piece. And so I love with unschooling, we're able to be work on that, to be together, to give feedback, to facilitate, to have the time. It's always about the time, isn't it? You know, we have the time to walk through these things. And so while the conflict can be uncomfortable, it's, um, I think it's such a great field to start. How can we work this out? How do we work with someone we're in conflict with? How do we, you know, turn this around and look at it a different way? And in terms of the episode and what we're talking about, you know, it isn't the unschooling. This is just learning relationships. Now in a schooled situation that can be happening at school, but without the facilitation with some other things going on with kids that maybe don't want to be there. And you have some different kind of conflicts because we, you know, we hear a lot about bullying and just even difficult friend relationships and things like that. But what I love about unschooling is that we're there, we're present, we're facilitating, you have that closer dynamic with adults and children working together and they're seeing you do it too. They're seeing you in relationship and they're seeing you have conflicts and you figure that out. And so um, it isn't that if we took away the unschooling, we'd have no sibling conflict. We know that to be true, you know? <laughs> yeah. but, but sometimes we feel that way, you know, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I love that. I think at the root of it, right, as we're, we're, we're coming to this around schooling, and, and I found that too. So, you know, the kids came home and all of a sudden they were spending, you know, lots yeah. more time together. 
right? So we did have a lot of focus on on just sibling relationships and and like I love that word facilitate and and helping them work through them and and figure out the tools and the ways to do that. And those are are such valuable skills. Those are life skills, really, right? To take forward no matter your age, whether you know, whether you're school age or not. Those are those are really valuable skills. You know, and I figured out so much of them as an adult because they were home there, right? I mean, before I was mostly in more formal relationships like school and work, and that was the bulk of it. Um, so it was wonderful for me as well to figure out ways to help them and support them. And, and that was, like I said, the bulk of our, at least our first few months, you know, yeah. when we were together, cause that was the biggest change. All of a sudden we were all home and we were all together. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a motivation. Unschooling was the motivation for that. Right. And the reason for it, but again, it's a bigger picture thing right? It's something I fundamentally changed how I want to view relationships, how I want to be in relationship, how I want to help my kids in relationship. And again, right? If you pull the unschooling out of that, I would still want to do that. We'd be having the different conversations, right? If they had chosen to go to school, we'd be having conversations about those kinds of relationships. Just as we had lots of conversations when my kids, you know, chose to do activities or, or were online and had some sort of thing flare up, you know, just, just being in relationship in any aspect is something that we can, that we want to continue facilitating with them, right? And giving them tools that are more consensual rather than, than power-based, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's just a great environment for that to develop and to learn, you know, different personalities and how do we deal with people that have different needs than we do and how do we, and this is going to happen in any environment, but again, I think unschooling provides us the time. And so again, sometimes that can feel like, whoa, it's all bubbling up. Why is this happening? But no, you're just getting this beautiful time to work through these things that, like you said, sometimes can take us till we're 30, 40, 50, yeah. <laughs> figure out these dynamics. And so how great that we can do it in the safety of our home with people that love us to figure out these different nuances of our own personality, of understanding that people see the world differently. I think that's, you know, one of my best friends, she's an extrovert. I'm an introvert. And I've talked about her before. But, but honestly, I swear it was not until we became friends, which was, you know, we were probably in our late thirties, early forties, um, years and years ago. No, earlier than that. But anyway, <laughs> she, she didn't see that people saw the world differently than she did. <laughs> like, yeah. like until she really met me and we really started talking about nuances because we like to talk about all these different nuances. She's like, what? <laughs> and so, because, it, and so I think, but our kids, I think because we have that time together and to facilitate and to talk about, you know, he really sees this differently. The park is not fun for him, but you know, this he enjoys and you really love this piece, but this, and so it's just all of this interesting human dynamic and, and information that I think is so wonderful. And so even though it can feel bumpy and, and challenging at times, it's just such a rich area for growth and development, like you said, for me and for them. Yeah, no, I love that because that's one of the, the huge pieces uh, that we come to through unschooling is that self-awareness, right? Yes. Like you said, through yes. the time that we have, 
all that knowledge and understanding of each other, of, of people and human beings in general, isn't like sucked out of your head. Just, <laughs> if, you know, you, unschooling is no longer in the picture or something. Right. right. And I, I mean, one of the big reasons we're going through this is, is because it can get tangled up. Right. Yes. Anyway. So yeah, I want to, I want to keep going before we get into that too much. Cause that's coming up. Um, so now let's talk about issues around housework like cleaning and chores and tidying up messes, toys all over the place, Legos, (laughs) you know, and these can come either from maybe stress that we're feeling about it because we're putting expectations and things on ourselves or conflicts with our spouse or our partner who also have, have other expectations that maybe don't align with the way we're seeing things. Um, and I think most of these challenges stem from us choosing to be with our children over time spent with the house, right? right. That that uh, being with our children and engaging with them and having all, all these conversations. And you know what? Maybe it's not always conversations because some people, um, you know, think, well, my, my kid doesn't like to talk about that stuff or whatever. But it's still about observing and noticing and they notice these things, right? And, and maybe just sharing a, a quick something, oh, hey, I noticed this, you know, with your child and maybe they put something together. But anyway, it really is a fundamental shift in our parenting priorities. Um, so as we, as we move to unschooling and we have that shift, it's so easy, I think, to conflate the two, right? To to have them woven together, like this is because of the unschooling. But again, that's something, you know, would that go away if we're no longer unschooling? Right. And I think, you know, we've seen this a lot with questions where the spouse who maybe isn't at home as much is really like, this is chaos. This unschooling is terrible. This is this and that. And, and really, so I think sometimes we can feel defensive about that. So first of all, breathe through that because, you know, they're just reacting to their own pieces too. So I think if we can just kind of help and calm everyone down, it helps us get there. But, but I think it's helpful to just kind of walk through because, um, you know, I have good friends that have kids in school and holy smokes, I was staying at one of their houses one time. It was a couple of years back. And um, it was the first time I think I'd stayed at someone's house who had kids going to school and it was a school day and we get up and it was chaos. (laughs) They have three girls and, you know, all different schools and some drive and some don't and some have to be taken and picked up and do and kids out the door and do you have your lunch and do you have that permission slip and do you have that thing? And I was just like a deer in headlights standing (laughs) against the wall going, this is crazy. And then, you know, you add in homework and you add in the stress of school and, you know, all these different pieces and all these different things, these relationship pieces are still happening that we talked about in the question before, but yet you don't have the time, you know, to really dive into that. So I think there's a whole lifestyle associated with school that sometimes we don't think. It's just like, oh, well, they'll go to school because we think that's what you do. But there's all these other pieces that go along with that, that really make those issues just as complicated. And I think they also bring time pressure. And I think that time pressure increases stress. So while that spouse might be saying, oh, it's chaos and it's this, add the stress of that time pressure might not make anything better, you know? And so I think if we can figure out, you know, look at opportunities to, okay, what's happening? 
Are we feeling disconnected? What are the particular issues? Because sometimes it's just people have hot button issues from childhood about messes or whatever, or it's just for me, and I've talked about before, the, um, my mind is calmer when the space is clear, you know? And so I would keep spaces for myself that were clear because it would be a way for me to calm down. So looking at those underlying needs and, and doing that. But again, we've got the time to do that. We have the time to solve and dig in and peel back the layers instead of being in kind of crisis survival mode with this time pressure that school can bring. So it, yeah, this is a definitely another one where it isn't the unschooling. <laughs> it's just an opportunity to figure out like, what are our needs? What are the needs of my spouse and my kids and the house? And what do we need here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, I see it all the time too with families, like there's somebody I work with and oh my gosh, you know, always late in the morning, you know, because trying to get three kids, again, three kids, three different schools, all the paraphernalia for school, having, you know, to go back and take glasses to somebody or somebody missed the bus or, you know, (laughs) there's always things that go wrong. And, and if we don't take that moment, right, to think about, is it, is this the unschooling? Right. We can so easily just just kind of um, blame it and just say, oh, this is because. Because we're unschooling, the house is a mess. Or because we're unschooling, you know, it feels chaos. Or, or you know, any all, all of those things that can come up. And I think it runs us in the wrong direction, you know? So we're really not figuring out the problem. We're really not, you know, peeling back the layers to understand how we can change. We're just putting this blame here. And if you have spouses that disagree, then you're just creating distance. You know, no, I'm going to hold on to the unschooling. No, it's the unschooling as opposed to, hey, let's dig under this because, right. you know, part of this is just having a family and kids. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it does. It brings some chaos. It brings some complications, but it also brings so much joy and wonder, you know, to one's life. And so, yes, I think that just that not running down that path to blame, but stepping back and connecting and figuring out just really helps because that running to blame unschooling again, I think it just takes us off course. It does exactly because when, when that's where the blame is, the question is the, the next question we obviously, you know, often ask ourselves is, well, should they go to school? Right. right. And that's not, you know, as <laughs> this is the whole point that we're saying is that's probably not a, a solution that's going to fix. Right. Right. And so, like you said, you're not looking at the people involved. You're not looking at what the root needs are. How can we, you know, maybe adjust things, you know, for that, as you were saying, you know, you set up spaces for yourself in the house where, where you could go, you know, you, yeah, once they, I've seen it called like periodic unschooling panic disorder or, or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, because, and I really think it's because something in life has come up. That's, that's a challenge. And, and we think of it as the unschooling, right? Because it was something that came up as, you know, as a maybe result of our choice to unschool, but it's bigger than that, right? And when, like you said, when we start thinking about it as an unschooling thing, 
then the next thing is to question, well, you know, should we be unschooling? Should the kids go to school? And yeah, that sends you off in the wrong direction. You're spending all your time worried about and thinking about, um, you know, should they be going? What, what, you know, trying to think of what is it I love about unschooling? Why should we continue doing this? Those are all not questions that are going to literally help you with the particular situation you're finding yourself in in that moment, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what about bigger events? Okay. Like what I like about all these questions, you know, at the root of it, it's the same thing, right? That we're talking about. It is, is it unschooling in that context, in that context of life? But I love the idea of thinking about all sorts of different things in our lives that, um, that can come up. So let's chat about medical emergencies, like big family events. Maybe there's something that comes up medically for a child or moving. That's another big family event that, you know, we see questions about, uh, relatively often because, you know, chances are we have also made some unschooling inspired changes in how we approach these kinds of things, right? Yeah, and and I can really speak to both of these for a couple of things because, right, I think it it changes our approach to so many things. That foundation of respect and trust, it's such an integral part of our lives. You can't really set that aside for decision-making process. It's not just about the decision-making process to go to the park or to do the class or the play date or the whatever it is. It really comes into play when you have moving job changes, you know, big things coming up. I mean, these are things... um, that I think the triggered reaction, and this kind of came to me in the other question too. I think when we have a conflict or a panic or something that kind of stresses us, we revert back to kind of what we knew in childhood. And so I think that's why school comes up. Mm-hmm. I think that's why more authoritarian parenting may come up. You know, some of these pieces because it's just this woo, panic and yeah. kind of, prim, you know, primate kind of, uh, how do we deal with this? Um, but I think when we can just breathe through that moment, that 90 seconds that I'll talk about, kind of breathe through that and look at, but now how do we make decisions as a family? What have we cultivated here? Then we realize we want to all be talking about this. You know, we, we made decisions um, about job changes and things like this when the kids were very little and we all sat down like, here's what it might change how do we feel about this? What's the priority? We can get more time with dad, but it would change a few things here. Here's what he's thinking. Here's how he feels about his job. Like I thought these were such interesting, rich conversations for them to hear, even at that young age, because they were seeing how we made decisions, how we, like the things that we looked at when we were making decisions, and then they could tell us how they felt about that. So I found those to be such wonderful times for unschooling, like so grateful for those foundations that we had built because we all felt comfortable and we all, even when it was kind of a, okay, we're not sure. And I'm not sure. And we have different opinions. Once we took that time and got to consensus, we all have buy-in then, you know, we all have like, we made this choice together. And so then you make it work together because I think if you have a situation where you know, a job changes and we're going to move, we're moving. Then on the other side of that, when there's conflicts to moving and there's going to be conflicts with moving and it's going to be stressful period. There's, I've done it a bunch of times recently. There's really no way to do it without that. If you don't have that buy-in, you have a lot more conflict. 
Whereas if you're all choosing to do it together, then you work together when the stumbling blocks happen. You know, you help each other. And that's what I love about unschooling. And that's what I love about that environment. So that's kind of my piece about moving, but I do have a medical piece, but do you want to chime in about kind of those big moving job decisions first? Yeah, no, what, what you said there um, made so much sense because then you're back to, if you don't have that consensus or that, you know, uh, understanding together about, about why and the choice wow. to do it, you're back to, you know, when you hit a stumbling block, you're going to blame the moving. Yes, yes, yes. Right? <laughs> and you're going to get back to arguing about the move and I didn't want to move and whatever, whatever. And again, that's not going to help you with that particular stumbling block, no matter what nope. it is, right? right? And I mean, I remember we had been unschooling maybe a couple of years when we decided to move out of the suburbs, out of the city. And, um, and it was uh, a shift for me, you know, to have the kids involved and to you know, have those conversations where they had a say in it, you know, because it, I, I was worried, you know, what if they don't like anything that Rocco and I like or vice versa or right. what, that it was another stage of me seeing how capable they were even at those younger ages, you know, they came with us to see properties. It took us a year to find a property that we were all, you know, like, yeah, let's go for it. Um, but it was it was so worth it, and they were so valuable in the process. And I would not have learned that or seen that if I hadn't, you know, taken that that step. Like, you know, it, it was it was another natural step. You know, we had been starting, we'd been living together like that for you know um, a, a year and a half maybe at this point, right? You know, those first six months were a lot of, <laughs> a lot of me learning about unschooling and then, right. and, and the bulk of the de-schooling that, that first year and change anyway. But this was, like I said, something that hadn't come up before, right? So it was, okay, now I'm going to look at moving through the lens of unschooling, through the lens of the relationships that we've had. Am I going to now revert in this particular big family event to the more power-based dynamic where dad and I choose where we're moving and hope you're happy with it. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it was, and I learned so much through the process and they were so valuable to it. And again, you know, even if they were in school, I would now, you know, always, yes. I wouldn't remove that. Right. I wouldn't take them out. I mean, and I have medical stuff too with, with Michael and, you know, sticking up for him and bringing him into the conversation while he was there. And, and, you know, uh, you know, that was further along on our unschooling journey. So that was a lot easier for me in that particular case. It was actually just kind of fun at this point. Him and I were yeah. just like, they don't even look at me. I'm the one in the hospital bed. <laughs> they just keep looking at you. And I, and I say, well, he's right there. Why don't we ask him? <laughs> But anyway, yeah, you wanted to share too? Yeah, well, I mean, and, and I think, yeah, your story is so important, but that's really, you know, with medical issues, body autonomy was just always very important to us, you know, separate from medical issues, just every day, food, eating, going to the bathroom, sleeping, all of those things really were so important to me yeah. because I, I wanted them to listen inside to their bodies because I had found at times when I wasn't doing that as a child or as a younger person, you know, 
it was, it really takes a toll. So it was just so important to me for them to have the opportunity to really listen and tune into their bodies. And when it came to, you know, a medical decision or crisis, be it around, you know, teeth that needed something or, you know, some other kind of issue, we talked about it and made sure they felt comfortable. And, and, again, you have that buy-in. And I think in your case, it's probably more important because there's ongoing pieces, you know, so we have other friends um, who have issues that have um, medical issues that have ongoing pieces that need cooperation from the patient. And so having them buy-in and understand the why, and, and you said that earlier and I thought, gosh, maybe this is one of the most important points is understanding the why. When we take the time to understand the why, then when you run into conflicts, you still can go back to, okay, but I remember why. I remember why we're doing this, as opposed to they're telling me to do this. I'm supposed to do this. I have to do this. It's so different when we all understand why we're making this decision to move or to do this medical intervention or to, you know, take care of our teeth in a certain way or to, you know, do whatever the thing might be, you know, that why taking that time for us all to understand that why is so, so important. And there's just another little aside related to the medical thing that it brought to mind an old story. Because something you'll hear um, when people are being some critical of like the way that, you know, I parent, one of the things they would say to me is, yes, but what do you do if it's really emergency and you have to go right this second or you have to, they have to cooperate. You don't have time to have this discussion or chit chat about, you know, this kind of thing. Like I would get feedback like that from people. And I just thought, gosh, you know, we just never really had that issue. And then this, this incident happened. We were at, um, the girls were pretty young and we were at a friend's house and I got a call. My husband was on a trip and I got a call that he had been in a motorcycle accident. And, you know, instantly it's like go time. <laughs> like I, I pull the girls over and I'm like, look, your dad's been in an accident. He's fine, but I need to go there right now. I need to get in the car and leave right now to get to him. Do you want to come with me? Do you want to stay with Christy? they took just a minute, not even a minute to go, okay, we want to stay with Christy. And I'm like, it's going to be a few hours. It's going to be a while. We, at this point, they were very young. We'd never really been apart for that long and whatever, but they just, they sensed my sense of urgency and they just made a quick decision. It wasn't like, oh, I'm playing my game or doing whatever, like we might have if I'm going to the grocery store. They just got it. And they got it because we have, I'm getting a little teary because it's like, we have that connection to know, like we know. And when they come to me with something that's so important or adamant and like whatever, like I know, and I can stop and I can connect with them and I can do it. And I don't think you can explain that type of relationship to somebody that doesn't have it, <laughs> you know? I mean, because I think it's just so different from what you see. They know that I don't ask them to do things arbitrarily. I don't make dramatic emergencies out of nothing. You know, I need to go right now to the store. And if you don't listen to me, kind of, like that is not happening. And so when they saw that I was, I needed this seriously, I need you to look at me. I need, we need to figure this out. They just, it was nothing instantly. And so I think it's important for people to understand that's what we're doing here. We're creating this foundation. We're building this level of trust so that we can be there for each other as a family. So, okay, that was an aside. 
(laughs) That was a a wonderful example and a beautiful story and exactly it, right? I too haven't had that that moment where you know because life happens all the time things things go wrong but I have never had to resort to being a different kind of person or a different kind of parent just because of it because we've developed that relationship with them right that trust that connection that we don't make up emergencies right we don't um we don't try to make things look worse than they are just to get them to do something, right? Because exactly. manipulate, there's a word, because we yeah. don't manipulate them. They know we're not trying to do it in this moment. No. So they no. understand right then and there. It's like, oh, okay, boom, you know, you know, yeah. as, as much as they can, of course, but, but of course you're also understanding them in that moment too. Like you said to them, it's going to be a while because you understood that for them, this was going to be longer than usual than, than you'd been apart before, you know? So we say things so that they understand because we know what they might find uncomfortable from it. Right. And, and they're responding to where we are in that moment and the urgency of it. You know, like you said, this is all the foundation that we've built with them. And again, that's the bigger picture, right? That's life. That's unschooling is life because even though we were motivated to build that kind of relationship with them um, through discovering unschooling and discovering, like that was one of the huge things when I was reading about unschooling at first, right? It's like, look at these wonderful relationships they talk about. That's the kind of relationships I want to have with my children. Unschooling was a lens through which I came to it. But it's so much bigger than that, isn't it? So much bigger. And like you said, if you were to take the unschooling out of our lives, even at that time, I would still want that relationship. You know, I would still want that connection and we would still make decisions in that same way. And I just think that's important to realize because again, it's, it's, they're connected and yet, you know, they're not. And, and we were talking, you were talking before you've mentioned time a few times, right? Because it takes time to do these things. But even if school was in the picture right behind it, that's what I would be spending my time doing, right? Yes. Um, Cultivating that connection with them, working through things with them. At that point, I'd be working through things that came up at school, right? You know, and as I think back, though, that's what I was doing with a lot of my time when they were in school, before I discovered (laughs) homeschooling, right? I was spending all my time doing outside of work, me at work, them at school. That's what I was doing. And, you know, it came down to that kind of choice. I actually left my job, my work before I discovered homeschooling, you know, because it was just taking up so much time. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> supporting them with school and, and all the stuff that came along with it. And I decided, you know, that that was more important than, than working. Right. And then it was through get, having more time with them, working through that researching and stuff that I came across homeschooling in the first place. And I was already home. So, Hey, let's try. <laughs> right, anyway, right. that's a little bit of backstory, but yes, is whether or not school's in the picture, I, I, that is, as a parent, those are the choices that you can make. If, if this is the kind of relationship that you want to have, the t- investment of time in it is, is, is a cost, I guess. But it doesn't feel like a cost per se. It's a choice, right? Right. And what I always say to people with things like that is, just like you just said, you're going to be investing energy in parenting no matter oh, yeah. what. 
you know, because you're going to be dealing with school issues or with whatever. There's, I mean, it's always going to be something. But for me, it's where do I want to spend that energy? And I'd rather spend that energy together, exploring the world, building relationships, all of that, as opposed to dealing with kind of outside issues that are being somewhat forced upon us by being in that school system. And again, it's totally different if a child makes a choice to be there because again, they're feeling that sense of choice and then you're able to operate in a completely different way. But, you know, I think it's where do you want to spend your energy? And for me, I wanted to spend the energy together and at home and exploring the world together. Yeah, no, I love that. Exactly. That's when when choice comes in, right? And that's the bulk of our deschooling is realizing how much how many things that we thought were have tos really <laughs> are choices, right? So just just to give it a little bit of summary, I think it's really helpful when challenges arise while we're unschooling to ask ourselves, is it the unschooling, right? Because as we were talking about before, it's so easy um, to blame the unschooling just because unschooling was the initial motivation to rethink all these choices about parenting, you know, the parent we want to be, the life we want to have. The, the impetus is often the unschooling that has us realizing these are choices, not have-tos that are on us. Um, but now... You know, when things come up, is it the unschooling? If you were to take away the unschooling, would my choice change in this situation? And so often it wouldn't, would it? Exactly. And I think it's just taking that moment, that moment to pause when maybe things are flaring up and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this unschooling and if we weren't doing this, it would be better. It's like, just take that moment and pause and step back and say, is that true? You know, is that really true? And walk through the different scenario because I think you'll find again that it's not the unschooling, but that you have this opportunity in front of you to peel back some layers and to see what's going on instead of getting derailed by this idea that it's the unschooling or even the flip side that it's just the school. If your kids are in school, it's not just the school, it's still relationships and figuring things out. And so, kind of take that really high level, not the issue off the table and start digging in. And I think that um, you'll get there faster. You'll get there faster to solutions, faster to feeling better. Because I think because unschooling is the new choice for you, this different choice, this different life choice compared to other people, that's where we first go to, you know, boom, we go right there. What This is the outlier. This is the different thing. But again, it's just what we find, you know, when we're answering questions and talking to people, we start peeling back the layers. It, they suddenly have this aha moment like, okay, this is about maybe something from my childhood, or this is about this dynamic between my spouse and I that we can change. And, oh, this is about something else. So there's always something else. You know, it's just always, I mean, I, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, 20 years, like always it's something else. So just if you can take that moment and pause and set that aside and then look at the situation for more clarity, I think, you know, it'll, it'll just be much more productive in terms of getting to a solution. Yeah, yeah. And and when you're talking there, you reminded me um, that not only us jumping to the it's the unschooling thing, when we like, that's why I, I've talked on the podcast before, and you probably have too about when you're out and about, you know, with extended yes. family or friends and things. 
I don't really talk about any challenges that we're having because the answer is just going to be send them to school. And you can understand that because from their perspective, that's the thing that's different, right? So that's, we'll fix that first and then we'll see how it goes, right? Then we'll see. Then, then we can relate to each other better. Um, you know, so you, you don't blame them for their answer. We'll send them to school. You know, your house is a mess. Well, send them to school. You know, all these different things. And we, when we, so yeah, that's why I just never asked them or brought, brought things up because that was the answer that I was going to get. So why would I set us up a friend or an extended family member to give me advice that I was going to ignore anyway, right? Um, Or it was going to, it was going to get me worried enough that I'd start questioning our unschooling, right? It would send me in directions I didn't want to go. So I would always remember when I had those kinds of challenges, I would ask in unschooling circles, which is why we see all these kind of life questions in unschooling circles, because it's a different way of life. It's a different lifestyle, isn't it? And that's what, what what I was going to say is, you know, take those questions to people that are really digging into those issues because, and I said years ago when I was talking to people about attachment parenting and co-sleeping and extended breastfeeding and all of those things, same thing. Do not take your co-sleeping questions to the neighbor because they're just going to be like, put them in a crib. But if you take that question to people that understand why you're choosing co-sleeping and how, and the benefits and what that can do, then they can give you that, oh, we just put a bolster at the side or, oh, we did this to solve that problem or, oh, this is how we addressed that particular piece. And then, you know, you're talking to people with an alignment with you. And, and again, that's not that you can't have conversations with other people about different things. But, but I think, and, oh, and this came to mind um, from a question we had in the, um, in the summit group was when we, and this is related to spouses, when we take all of our fears about things and put them on our spouse, they want to fix it. They want to solve it. And sometimes the best that they know is like, okay, like you said, let's get back to conformity. <laughs> let's put them in school if you're, you know, needing this or doing whatever. And, and they haven't thought through that any more than, you know, you've thought through that. It's like what that would actually mean and look like. And so I think with something when you're exploring and doing, you know, take time to, I, I loved having friends that I could really talk about those nuances with and really okay, but here, what about this? And this is niggling and what about that? And so that I could feel more confident and more assured because my friends, while some of them, of course, want to solve the problems, a lot of them could just go through that with me. Whereas I feel like with a spouse, a lot of times they're just wanting you to feel good and want to solve the problem right away. And so I think it's a lot to put on someone that doesn't understand the situation, you know? And so I think it's just kind of keep that in mind and find your support circle and know that there are a lot of support circles out there for unschooling and all of these different pieces and just keep that in mind. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really helpful. I think that's a, that's a big piece too, because, you know, often we're the main unschooling parent. There's one um, focused unschooling parent and then maybe one's working or, or whatever. Um, the way your family is set up, whatever the family dynamic, you know, and sometimes it's the dad that's, that's staying home with the kids. doesn't matter. That, so that's the person who's, who has some time and who is motivated to learn more about unschooling, who is typically quite passionate about unschooling. But to expect that our partner or spouse is at that same level or even, you know, to wish they were at the same level. Right. 
sure, yeah, that would be nice. But how fair is that to put on someone else? You know, we don't have to share all our same passions and and interests. Um, you know, so to help to help them at the pace and the way they. Um, want to learn about it and ask questions about it, but they can see it in action. But if we're putting on them our doubts when they don't even know, understand understand it or really understand how much we love it. Like why Mm -hmm. they don't really understand why we're so darn passionate about this, (laughs) you know, on, on both sides. So yeah, that's, that's That's a great point, right? Funny because one of my, um, kids. She tends to be a little bit look on the darker side kind of gal sometimes. And with a certain situation, she kept just telling me all the things that were bothering her about it and that she hated and didn't and this and that. And and I thought, and we were putting a lot of energy into this particular situation and relationship that she's talking about. And I said, you know, could you just tell me some things that we love? (laughs) Can you just like share those pieces? alongside of the other. I'm not saying don't share the conflicts, but share those other pieces. And I think sometimes we can fall into that trap with our spouses and our closest friends because we just kind of assume they know the good stuff. And so we just give them the the tough stuff. And then that can feel overwhelming to the receiver. Like, whoa, oh my gosh, it's problem after problem after problem after problem. But when Mm -hmm. I had that conversation with her, you know, she rattled off you know, 20 minutes of things that she loved about it and did. And I was like, okay, then we can spend time on this because, you know, that feels good. And so maybe that's another message too, like share the joy, share the good part, share the inspiration, share the fun, because then you have that coupled with those sometimes stumbling blocks that we all run into, but not just that. So anyway, that that may be important too. And they may resonate with somebody like, oh yeah, I might do that because I think we all can kind of fall into that trap sometimes. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's such a great point. <laughs> and I know for me at the beginning, um, after I had, you know, we, we learn all these things through experience, right? So, you know, it's happened to me and to us. And, you know, as we were getting started figuring out how this worked and for a while there, I, I had to not too much share what I was excited about because the dynamic was still that he felt like I was trying to convince him. Right? Ah, okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. once you, once, once you've gotten to the place where there's some push and pull there about the topic, so then I was able to not, I didn't share the negative stuff. I took that to people who I could, like yeah. you were saying, have that in-depth discussion about. Um, and yeah. I didn't also try, seem like I was trying to convince them. Although I felt I was just sharing all the cool stuff, right? It just, it, it still had that power. Yeah. Be kind aware of dynamic of in it. But out. what, what you're doing is okay. So I'm not saying it literally, but I'm showing it right? Yeah. The kids are happy. We're doing these things. We're inviting him to play with us, you know, all that kind of stuff too. You can still, you don't have to tell everything. You can show things too. And then, and then he would start seeing things and then he would mention, Hey, la la la, you know, which may be something that I had talked about two months ago, but now it made sense to him because he saw it in action. Right. Right. There's so much when it's your own experience and, and his, our spouse's partner's timetable is going to be different than ours. But then when he started seeing it, then I could start sharing it. Right. Because he'd had the experience. So he could now understand how the experience I was sharing could have happened. 
right? That I wasn't like seeing through rose colored glasses or whatever. <laughs> right. Because they had that experience. I think yeah. that's really an important, important point. And I think that just the being, the, the being and the showing is so critical because I think when you're the spouse that's outside of the home, you know, you're working and it's hard and you have your challenges and you're creating, you know, helping to create this lifestyle for your family. I mean, you do want to feel that they're joyful and that they're happy and that this is, this is a good thing, you know, that we're creating this good thing, whether they be in school or unschooling, you know, it's, again, it's not about the unschooling. It's, It's about this dynamic of we're creating a family together. And so I think that that's really important. And so I, I just liked your point about that to just show and to be a part of and let them know. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so two little things. When issues come up, take that moment to sit, to ask yourself, is it the unschooling? Because that can help you more quickly get to the right path, right? Instead of bringing up the whole question, oh my gosh, should we be unschooling? <laughs> Let's look at this particular situation and how we can how we can work our way through that. And I wanted to end back on that Emerson quote again, right? Because I think unschooling has stretched our minds, right? Right? But it's it's stretched it in bigger ways. It's had us question so many things that aren't literally the unschooling, right? Right. So the mind, once stretched by a new idea, never returns to its original dimensions. I love that. Thanks so much, Anna, for the conversation. I had so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also enjoy the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out my book, The Unschooling Journey, A Field Guide. Inspired by Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey framework, the book is a weave of myths, contemporary stories, and tales from my own journey. It's not a how-to book. No two paths through the world of unschooling have the same twists and turns. Yet, having a general sense of where you are on your journey can bring valuable insight as you navigate the challenges that will inevitably appear. Remember, You are the hero of your story.